Ours is not a tradition of a particular faith. But it is a faith tradition. And it is a tradition of faith. Faith in the potential goodness of people. Our faith is that we have adequate resources, both human and divine, to achieve meaningful change, and that our faith is therefore justified in being optimistic. Our faith is that even across great differences and distances, humankind can come together. Our tradition is one of faith in the underlying and sustaining principle of love. It's also a liberating faith. If in seeking justice we allow ourselves to feel saddled or constrained by the burden, then we're not yet experiencing the art of the moral universe that inevitably, indomitably, superlative power of love. From our Jewish heritage, we have harvested ideas of justice, law, caring for those less fortunate in some ways, responsibility for our actions and connections to the well-being of those around us comes in good part from our Jewish heritage. From our Christian heritage, we've harvested the awareness that compassion, humility, Faith and forgiveness have deep value that can heal what otherwise might be unreconcilable. There we learn that every life has value, not just the ones that are like us or with which we are comfortable. From those roots, we've carried the banner and torch of love as one primary ideal and an organizing principle. In both Jewish and Christian heritage, we've been directed to love that which is beyond our comprehension with all of ourselves. It comes from Deuteronomy, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. The teacher Jesus was telling people that the greatest commandment was to love that which is beyond our comprehension and holds life together with all of ourselves.
then we're told to love other people with as much love as we have for ourselves. Now, of course, if we don't love ourselves much, we've got to work on that first. But once we have any sense that we have value, and once we, we actually recognize how lovable and worthy we are, every single one of us, then we have love to carry to love our neighbors as ourselves. That also appears in Leviticus. You know, that book with all the laws that, you know, we can't eat crawfish or play football. It's in there if you don't think so. And, and, and I, I, can, I can show you, but uh, that's actually stuff that's in there. Um, but in Leviticus it says, Thou shalt not avenge, nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Jewish Testament, Christian Testament, both places. I think what these different peoples and times understood that to me changed with culture, changed with society, and I think it continues to do that. They're not telling us to have deep care for those with whom we find connection, or those who make us feel good about ourselves, necessarily. Yes, then. But also those with whom we can find no common ground whatsoever. Now, what is love in that context? What is it? <coughs> it's not an emotion that, you know, although it is. It's not a way of thinking, although it is. It's not just a way of being, although it is. Before the meditation in that reading of the, uh, I think it was my aunt, was it? No, Rebecca. Um, I, I was talking about um, a love that permeates everything. It's really kind of hard to imagine, isn't it? When we look at To think that somehow, even there, there is something that holds life together, moves it forward, and moves it towards something that will ultimately take a shape that's more understandably beautiful, recognizably beautiful. 
That's not where I wanted to go. Earlier this week, I took my car someplace to have something done, and there was a guy working on it who was having some difficulty with this particular part. And instead of getting frustrated with it, he said to himself, kind of under his breath, life. And when he did that, he stopped having a problem with it. And I thought, man, if I could do that every time something challenging comes up, every day of my life would feel different. We're called to love when it's not easy. We are called to love those who can, we cannot understand. We are called by both our Jewish and Christian heritages to love others with the same care we would give ourselves. Really? If that's not a lifetime's worth of love, I don't know what is. Is there anyone here that thinks something, to, to attain something like that, takes somebody who's feeble-hearted or cowardly? That it's a weak-kneed, wishy-washy, sentimental idea to carry a penetrating, all-pervading, every circumstance kind of love into the world around us that is nothing but broken half the time. Most of what we see can be challenging. And most of what we see can be beautiful. There's a movie that I used to really love, uh, Robin Williams' movie called The Fisher King. There are parts of that movie that are awful to watch. Um, but in it, uh, he's, he's a homeless guy. Um, he is delusional, psychotic. And, uh, but he hear, he's at Central Park and he hears a woman scream, and he kneels down and says, thank you for having given me, having given me so soon an opportunity to serve. He fancies himself a knight, and he's on a quest for the grail. It's all opportunities. We can grow a lot every place we go. Traffic lights, grocery stores, work, home, the garden. <laughs> we are called by this tradition of faith to what is good, true, just, wise, lovely, and holy. No, ours is not a tradition of a particular faith. 
but it is a faith tradition. It is a tradition of faith. Our faith is action. We are called to live with courage, and we are called to love.